This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 291, Fog of War with Brassbird, featuring the stars beyond with Absol. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. What is up, everybody? I am thrilled to be joined by my best friend in the whole world. I've just taken it. You're nobody else's best friend. You're my best friend now. Frox can go stuff it. I'm here with Brassbird from Community Formation and from the Community Plays Discord and from the Weird Bear community and just just my best friend, Brassbird. What is up? What's up, dude? I'm so honored, thrilled, (laughs) delighted to be here. Uh, I'll make another meme. Uh, friendship ended with frogs. Now Matt's my best friend. Yeah, you know it, baby. Yep, it was, it's, sometimes it's EJ, but every once in a while, I get to come claim claim no, Brassbird totally. for myself. Uh, totally. Brassbird is here today because we're going to talk about Fog of War stuff. So we just last week, did, uh, this this past weekend, we did a stream of Fog of War as it is implemented in Tabletop Playground, which is kind of its own beast but also wecker has long been hard at work with his froggy bot on what some people just call frog of war but also fog of war which is an async discord kind of thing so if you remember our async episodes it's like play by forum uh twilight imperium but fog of war style and also what we're going to talk about today is an extension of that which is community plays ti's version of fog of war so there's a lot happening okay there's a lot uh <laughs> format wise going on but let's we'll, first we'll unpack it all yeah we'll exactly we'll, we'll unpack it all let's talk first and foremost about what fog of war actually means which is honestly a hard question to answer because uh, kind of each of these formats turns the dials in different way but I'll t- i'll talk about what we played uh the other day on tabletop playground it's a weird environment for fog of war the idea of fog of war if you are not even familiar with strategy games is a, a fog of war is implemented in especially real-time strategy games that uh basically obscures your vision of things you don't have range of right things you can't quite get to so you don't get to know what's there and there's especially in real-time strategy games there's areas you don't know anything about and there's areas where you've mapped it out you know what the terrain looks like but you do not know what's going on there right now. You don't have a, you know, some sort of scout out there reporting things back to you at the moment. It's just there any anybody could be hanging out in that area. So in TI, we think of that on a hex-based scale, right? And the traditional fog of war idea would be all the tiles are flipped upside down. It's just the blue back. You don't know what the heck is going on there until you go there or in TI's case, is it true that in every implementation the idea, at least so far, is you get to see into adjacent territories as well as your own. Yeah, totally. And then obviously that works with like wormholes and stuff right. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll get a little more complicated yeah. later. When I, yeah. So uh, you get you get a little bit of range of vision to see things. Um, and so in tabletop playground, it's a little fuzzier than that. But the idea is we all actually didn't have the blue backed tiles flipped. Uh, it, it was more uh, Daryl's way to do it is that you know what the 
system is going to be. You know, Barrick Lurtafor is over there. You know, the supernova is on the other side of whatever. Um, but it's just completely hidden information to you as far as who is there, which honestly is kind of fine because the way it played out for us on Tabletop Playground is it doesn't feel like Fog of War really at all. Because if you think too about, I mean, TTPG is there to um, sort of try to pretend to be IRLTI, right? It's trying to be real life Twilight Imperium, but we're just kind of barely doing it digitally. But that's why Playground and Tabletop Simulator are built as like a physics simulator, as though you could just grab everything for real and it's it's all there for you. So Fog of War in person is kind of yeah. just like absolutely impossible. Like it's just not exactly. a thing that could possibly exist. <laughs> so, so how could you use like a simulator program yeah. to like simulate right. the impossibility yeah. of doing it? Yeah, and, and especially <laughs> from a communication standpoint, that was the part that things really f- broke down is, uh, Brassford, you and I are in a Fog of War game together right now. That's really only just Indeed. kicked off. We're starting round three now. Yeah. Although I, I genuinely, until about a day ago, thought it was we were still in round one. I forgot that it had been two rounds <laughs> because round one went relatively fast because, Hey, fog of war. It just happened. Yeah. And there's no been, uh, there's been no agenda phase. Yes. Right. So that's right. Yeah. No one, no, no one has found Mechatol or no one has taken Mechatol mm-hmm. for a while. So anyways, there's, there's, we'll talk about sort of the communication style and async, but the idea in tabletop playground is like, I don't know, man, we're all sitting here. We're all just talking to each other. There's no limitations. So you end up just sort of, telling everybody everything anyways and there's not that mm-hmm. many mysteries although you just it's easy to forget like probably where some things are uh, i should know here too like there's a reason hunter's not doing this episode right now and that's because we didn't want to just sit here and talk down on it and hunter didn't have a good time and and I, my fog of war experiences have been a little bit meh so that's mm-hmm. why brassford is here mm-hmm. to like bring us the positive spin on everything but i would i would yeah exactly i would say (laughs) tabletop playground is probably a place where it doesn't make sense to do fog of war because all of the Mm. things standing in your way are not good for sitting around in person with a group of friends right like Mm. there's a certain aspect of fog of war where i mean the idea is that it should be kind of a solitary experience. I'm sitting here and I can only see where my stuff is. So especially if you think around one, I have no way to interact with anybody. I don't know where anybody is or what anybody's doing. And in the tabletop playground aspect, it just feels like an annoying like wrench has been thrown into the thing, right? Because I do know where everybody's going. I, I see your mouse cursor moving over there in front of your home system. You're clearly going over there. You're doing stuff near whatever. Like you can very easily understand what's happening. And especially, I mean, we played on like a normal shaped six player map. And so I think a lot of the parts of the tabletop playground experience, we robbed ourselves even of a proper fog of war um, Mm -hmm. experience because I do think what people are looking for in fog of war is significantly more mystery than what a, what an in-person hanging out with buds six of us around a table like that's not a mysterious thing that's not that's not really meant to be mysterious we should be having fun and that's the social aspect of twilight imperium is at its peak and fog of war by its nature reduces the social interaction that we can possibly have so i do think the two are like completely at odds with each other and don't actually i mean especially we were streaming the game it doesn't make any sense to stream fog of war i'll tell you that much yeah only streaming one perspective yeah i was sitting in my seat and a combat would happen on hunter's side of the table and i was like well we don't get to see it so we'll just listen to them throw dice i guess from over here but we have no (laughs) idea what's going on 
Yeah, they, they gotta provide a lot of smack talk, right? <laughs> to, like, give you, like, some kind of narration for yes. what's happening. Yeah, oh, at best, boom. at best, if we could have, like, a, you know, a, a seventh person just streaming the game so you can see everybody else, that's the best stream I could think we could do oh. as a Fog of War, where the, oh, the stream yeah. isn't watching anything with Fog of War. They see everything happening, but they see the goofy yeah. mistakes everyone's making because they don't realize where everybody else's stuff is or whatever. Yeah, so I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but you hit the nail on the head. So that's the game master. Yeah. That's that's a like really important part of mm -hmm. like making this all run smoothly. And you know, we're gonna talk about that a little more in depth yeah. um later. But I also want to say like you could get like on TTBG, I feel like you could get closer to the vibe if you really tried to uh stick to this whole like well, we're just gonna whisper each other yeah. kind of thing. But then that's like this bandwidth problem. Like I hate whispering yeah. dude like don't make me type that much well and, and, it, and i mean honestly too it's like a vibe thing right where it's like am i gonna invite my friends over to my house so that we can mm. all sit quietly and text each other <laughs> no that's wild that's a wild thing to propose to some people to like hey come I'm over and sit in silence at my house yeah. for six hours that that's gonna be yeah. really fun like when no obviously like it's that, not <laughs> and when you say like that it sounds a little weird huh? no, <laughs> i don't no. like hanging out with you so much these days because you do weird stuff uh, so let's talk about the real the authentic experience and where i think fog of war shines quite a bit more so sure, yeah. introduce me to uh async fog of war and and the tools that froggy's bringing in and and everything like that so first of all there's a distinction between the different like platforms that are being used so froggy is not done yet okay yeah yeah froggy froggy does a lot of work i want to say that good bot love you <laughs> froggy froggy does a lot of work already doing all sorts of other tasks um and is like spread to a lot of different servers yeah but the part where froggy runs the game like that is not online yeah. quite yet uh we got to give a big shout out to uh in particular jazz x hands my uh best friend and worst enemy at the same time <laughs> as as he is for everyone love you jazz love you uh cutest dog in the world by the way uh jazz's dog but anyway jazz has been putting in tons of work uh you know like making the fro uh frog war functionality really really shine yeah and it has changed a lot over a short amount of time mm. and uh when i joined uh well actually if i want to wind back the clock even further yeah. something like nine months ago on the uh, async server it was whenever I joined because that's how Spoon reeled me in to the server. I was initially, I was initially just like the reluctant one, just like, I don't know if I want to go that hard, man, you know? <laughs> and then Spoon was just like, you have to join. Yeah. I am running this game that is a fog of war, like experiment game essentially. Yeah. And I want you to play. And I was like, okay, fine. You got me. And then of course, <laughs> Ended up joining, like, joining all sorts of other games and, you know, taking it into all sorts of these other places and, yeah. you know, ultimately was so grateful for it. But so that was like really um, clunky yeah. because it had to be all like GM managed. Mm -hmm. Like there was just no like automation. There was no scripting. There yeah. was no, it's just like all these people just spending all this time and energy like just to get everything. Yeah. 
to smoothly they're, run. They're just imagining a thing can exist and deciding yeah. they will brute force a solution. <laughs> exactly. So they're manually adding a tile wow. to the map. Hey, you moved into this system. I will manually add this. every tile. Wow. Yeah. So you can imagine it in its most crude and primitive form yeah. like that. And then you can just like kind of run the, the fast forward button in your head and think about how let's just make the bot do this. Yeah, yeah. Let's just let's just make the bot like if you can see it, you can see it like someone updates a move. And then the next time that you do the show game command that or or now it's even like and this just happened. What I don't know, a couple of weeks ago where it's now you'll get the not notification say system 2J was pained. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay, show game. Right. And then 2J, it's like, oh, now there's a carrier and uh, three fighters and there's all the stuff there. And like, It's wild because what, what I think is adorable about how much async is taking off, like it's clearly filling a massive void, right? I mean, that, oh, during, during pandemic, there was a massive void that uh, Tabletop Simulator and Playground, uh, once it started coming around, be became sort of the thing, right? They existed before, but like really people started craving online ti at that point and there were obviously all these people who are like yeah but i can't sit down and do that and and async has really gotten to that point but what i think is the most fascinating about it is you know to my knowledge basically no one is developing for tabletop simulator right now like no one's working on the mod now the mod's mm. stable basically yeah but like daryl's not, not on it. nobody else is like yeah. working on stuff for it daryl spends all his time working on tabletop playground there's not too many other people working on tabletop playground stuff. I know Wecker has helped a couple times. I know Milty has helped a couple times. Uh, there are people that helped with assets like that, Rob Human and stuff. But mm. but for the most part, Daryl's putting in all the stuff on that. But in Ooh, the async world, there's mm. so many people working on so many different aspects of all of these yeah. bots. Like it's really crazy how that has become. And maybe it's part of you know the the language of it, right? The coding language. Maybe like way more people find it approachable to just like mm -hmm. code a sort of system like a, a browser ui based thing right that that's maybe easier sure. to develop so it's way more welcoming to uh less experienced developers like daryl is basically a genius and no one none of us mm -hmm. understand how he's so good at game <laughs> development without being like a game developer but it it does make sense that maybe the the async stuff is easier to program for but then that's why you get these amazing developments right you got mm -hmm. a legion of people all helping out to put this stuff together so that like you said you can have like suddenly every couple weeks there's like new major developments i, I think it's really mm -hmm. really amazing and it's kind of the the coolest part is i generally only play like one async game at a time it's all i can really mm -hmm. have mental capacity for but every time i start up a new game it's like oh there's like 15 new things that we can do yeah. that, that speed every single thing up and it's like every single game gets easier and easier and easier so yeah. it makes sense then why Fog of War is having kind of the same idea. So just to go back to some of the things you addressed, you're talking about system mm -hmm. pings and stuff like that. So so the idea yeah. in async is, again, you can only see into your adjacent territories, but realistically, mm -hmm. you should know everything that's happening at any given moment. So the way it works, walk me through like a single activation from my own perspective. I'm the player activating a system because there's kind of an interesting pecking order of like what the game master is sort of sending you through the motions of and then we can relate that then to the people on the other side that get to witness that or whatever but t walk me through like a single tactical action basically 
Oh, for sure. So I'll like paint like just a random scenario. Say like you're kind of in the mid game and you like you've got some fleets out, you've got some movement and everything. So you want to go somewhere where you don't have vision. Yeah. You know, that like maybe you got some intel from someone and it's like, oh, like so and so is like home system is over here or whatever. Like, don't you want to go like how bold? What a bold a bold picture you're no. painting is like, I'm gonna blind yeah. fire into a home yeah. system. Let's see how it goes. I'd do it, man. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so let's say you don't know what's going on and you lay down the token and you're like, I play with flank speed. And then a in one of the uh, channels that's like specifically for like public announcements like that, this little thing pops up and then there's a sabotage, no sabotage button. Yeah. And then someone, if someone reacts, no sabotage, uh, now the bot will put a random emoji up there right not not your faction or anything like so there's all these steps being taken to keep things anonymous yeah. in that way uh but then now you know like okay so there's like no there's six no sabos or whatever so now i can move forward uh and then but there's also the possibility that like the path that you're taking yes. or whatever like has anomalies or like there's a supernova literally right. in the way or something like that and then at that point you know like the gm would step in and be like this is just like an illegal move right you just like straight cannot do this yeah. so you may as well just well and especially especially in some i mean we haven't really gotten into it, but we, we sort of lead, led with the idea that the games are a lot more mysterious. The maps are on, generally speaking, pretty untraditional maps. They're like oddly shaped maps or, or much bigger. The one you and I are playing right now has hyperlanes. So there's literally some okay. tiles on the map where it's like, no, 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 that's not actually a real place. <laughs> that's a hyperlane on yes. the way to somewhere else. So there's like instances where that's where the game master is stepping in and being like, you activated, not real, can't do it. Mm -hmm. There's there's nothing else that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. But you did use the token to discover that information, right? Like that still cost you to attempt to gain new intel, essentially. For sure. Well, I've never actually uh, activated a hyperlane. That's a really good point. So I don't know actually what happens in that case if they like <laughs> let you do the token back or whatever. Yeah. But I'm thinking more of a situation where it's like I'm gonna roll the dice and see if I can get there, and then like the only path is like, oh, there's a supernova in the way. So now you just can't move ships, right. you know? Right. So then that would suck or whatever. Yeah. But let's say there's not something in the way. Let's say you can get there. So you move in there. And then as soon as you move ships into the system, now you've established a new uh, radius of sight. Right. And if you, and let's say there's a wormhole in the system. Now, you let's say you just went to Malice. Now you have vision on every Alpha, Beta, Gamma wormhole. And yeah. if Ghost is in the game, if there's IFF tokens, oh man, I can see more stuff over there, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's when that ping comes through to that other player. Exactly. Basically. So now you're there yes. and there's a moment before anything else happens because again, you might, this also might be a thing that you just suddenly sparked a combat. Like you might've just showed, you might roll up on someone else's exactly. Unit, basically. So they see your token drop, they get told that, but then when you show up, you're now neighbors. If you're neighbors with someone, this is the big mm -hmm change yes. between tabletop playground and async is you're not even allowed to talk to anyone else in this game until exactly. you are neighbors you are forbidden yeah. from community so at the so round one you are literally playing completely by yourself in, in mm -hmm. this game which is that's that's like my other hang up but it also it's like a round one thing it goes away ra rather quickly i mean in, in the game you and i are in by midway through round two, we were neighbors with everybody. I was having little... Because all you have to do is at least be adjacent to them somewhere. So you, you end up getting then a little... Um, basically a whisper station where the two of you mm -hmm. can chat as much as you want. As long as you remain neighbors or whatever. Um, 
And so then once you're once you're there, you two get this or actually it's way cuter than that because it's not <laughs> just that you automatically are given a channel. There's like a, a, a an ask and answer moment where you get to at oh. least you are allowed to ping the other person without mm-hmm. knowing anything. You just know yeah. that's yellow. I don't, con- yeah, I don't know who. I don't know who yellow the confession is. Bot. Yeah, the confession bot. Walk confession me through. Bot. <laughs> the secret okay. thing gets way deeper. Uh, I love. I love confession bot and the implications of <laughs> confession bot. Uh, so it's essentially just a seemingly pretty simple bot yeah. where you do ty- slash confess to, and then it brings up a list of channels of like where do you want to send this message to? Okay, whatever, and uh, then you can put content meaning text or you could upload an image so <laughs> anonymous memes yeah. right like anonymous <laughs> um, oh my gosh what i would love yeah. the idea of is that whispered communication is limited to images only based on certain contexts. Oh my God. You know what I mean? Challenge accepted. <laughs> exactly. So, so the, the idea that I think is really funny is the, the way information is doled out. So, so again, you, you, you find out yellow is there. Mm. You see a yellow carrier. You're, you don't mm. know anything else. You just know the yellow carrier is sitting there. You can message yellow and be like, hi, yellow. It's me, blue. What are what's going on? What is this? Who are who are you? Who am I? And yeah. uh, you don't have any visuals on their like player board effectively, right? You don't know their planets. You don't know their tech. You don't know their command counter mm-hmm. situation. Typically, that information is granted if you have a promissory note, like alliance or support for the throne in your play area. Oh, interesting. So if, if you're alliance partners or support partners, then you get all this information on your ally. That's cool. I did not know that yeah. aspect because I haven't done any of that yet. The other way you can gain information on people is if you can become adjacent to their home system, oh, you are one, also yeah. granted access to their, mm. their basically their play area, right? Sure. Um, so th- those are like your two methods of actually figuring out raw information about your players. Because again, everybody can lie to you uh, about mm-hmm. whatever they want to because basically everything is technically actually mysterious. Uh, and you're, yeah. th- that's the other reason the game master is obviously a critical component is because someone has to... Um, make sure no one's just like breaking rules of the board game itself, but you can break whatever rules you want when it comes to telling people stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. However, I will say if I have one other hang up with fog of war and just my experience so far, which again has been Mm -hmm. one game on TTPG. That's kind of not real and Mm -hmm. all of two rounds of our own async one. So I'm not experienced with this. I can't speak to this too much, but what I will note about the meta of fog of war or at least the vibes so far and maybe it's an underdeveloped meta too i think that would be an interesting thing too to see is like what is how do people treat the game after 30 games right after a lot of experience how do people treat certain interactions but i've noticed a lot of people are way more nervous that everyone Mm -hmm. is lying to them and way more annoyed when they think you've withheld information from them which I find interesting because the entire purpose of the format is that information is being withheld. Yeah. But then there is seemingly a little bit of an expectation of like, hey, the second we find each other, we should start putting the pieces together, which I'm like, sure. I don't know. So, like, I mean, the story I have is I started up this game and I very quickly find Nas Roca mm-hmm. and I'm Federation of Soul. And I'm like, oh, OK, this is kind of cool. And I, I get my own fragment. Uh 
And then I basically, I, I managed to get uh, another fragment from, I think, Nazroka himself. I'm like, hey, can we work out a deal where I get Black Market Forgery? I'll pay you a lot or something. I, I don't remember how the, the deal was worked out. But I get a relic with, with just two fragments. Mm-hmm. Now, if we could see everybody's tables, right, that's the sort of opportunity where it's like, well, I don't know, man. So-and-so also has a cultural fragment. Like, they're all over the place. Mm-hmm. Raise your price. This was a, like, oh. I got a cheap relic fragment because... Nazroka has no idea if they're going to find another deal anytime soon. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. I also know I'm Nazroka. I came to you. I saw that you had a, or you told me you had a cultural relic fragment. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, I can, I found another one. Mm-hmm. If I can get a cultural relic fragment off a of brass bird, I can get mm-hmm. that over. But I relied on the two of you not having contact with each other to just like, sk- uh, I'm your middleman. Sure. I was yeah, the middleman yeah, yeah. and I, I got my stuff from both of you. To yeah. then buy myself a relic for what would, on average, in a normal game of TI, it'd be for way too cheap, right? We The, the prices mm-hmm. of everything are now different because, I don't know, it's all about what I can get right here in this moment with the information mm-hmm. I have. I don't know the next time I'm mm-hmm. going to see anything else. Um, there was even a thing, too, where in our game, there's like a Mentak player... But it's like, I don't know. Nobody knows where Mentak is. You don't know when pillage is going to happen. So get your deals done now. Oh my God. Thank God I've not met them yet. I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) So I I find that really interesting socially about Fog of War. That there's this, I don't know. Not only is there a a lonelier aspect to it, because I'm like playing Mm -hmm. by myself and everything. But there's a lonelier aspect in how we're all treating each other i feel uh, at least so far the the vibe has been like i don't know we're a bit more standoffish with each other big yeah, al is I in mean, our game and big al is like oh, the yeah. most talkative player in the world and he's like losing his mind because he's like i don't know how to play my game i don't know how to work with everybody because i don't get to talk to anybody the way i want to talk to everybody <laughs> look at what they've done to my boy <laughs> look at what they've done <laughs> Oh my god. No, I will say this, like, boat floating is, I don't know, kind of, like, by definition, like, impossible. Yeah. You can still, you can still, like, work with a person, like, and... I don't know. It feels like uh, this. It's just different, and the social uh, element of it is different. Where it's like you can, it's easier to get like really into one relationship yeah. with the table, and right. you just get this like ride or die partner. I've got a fun story about that that I can tell yeah. later. Um, uh, but it's uh, but it's much harder to build anything like a table consensus. Yeah. So then that leads to these situations where it's like. Oh, like we could not coordinate a windslay. Yeah, we instance. noted that in our TTPG like, game, where it's just like a windslay seems impossible here because <laughs> yeah. we can't. I I don't know what's in someone's home system to know how we get stuff there. You know, only only one of us is even close enough to know how many units are even there at all. We had like a necro situation. It was like, well, we don't know where the necro flagship is, and we have no many no idea how many ground forces are on the necro mm-hmm. home. So it's like, mm-hmm. are we all just barking up the wrong tree to try and do this? Yeah. So yeah, windslays definitely felt kind of impossible, which is like. I don't know, a blessing and a curse, right? Like it's it's a different game to be sure. Exactly. And that's I guess the main idea is it's just it's it's for people looking for a different flavor. Um yeah. I think my biggest my biggest hang up with it so far is just how much what you change the most about that is kind of how I feel people think about each other. Now again, that's from mm-hmm. like half a game. I don't know. 
It's, mm-hmm. It might also just be because I'm playing with Micmac Moose and <laughs> Holy Teaspoon and Tertero, where it's like, I don't know, those are three different personalities than than my yeah. Kaluans and my Carnals and yeah. my Stads, right? Like it's it's for just sure, a different sure. it's a different vibe across sure. the board. So I I, I can't uh, chalk too much up to what's going on with Fog of War. Some of it might be personality. Uh, for based. sure. Well, well, I got I got to say this here. Like I just got to stress again. Like it's just different yeah. and it feels it feels so much more like i guess i would say like immersive yeah. in this way and you're just like really in this state of like yeah you're more nervous because mm-hmm. there's so much uncertainty and you and also i have to stress this as well games are more violent yeah they are it's a harsh brutal yeah. galaxy out there my dog yeah you know yeah I mean? <laughs> there's a like, lot of room to be mean when yeah you i mean what you've done is taken away a lot of the chance for, you know, in a normal TI game, it's like if I attack my left neighbor, the neighbor to my right has a bunch of tra- opportunity strikes, right? I can just do whatever mm-hmm. I want. So me as the initial player, well, I'm not going to do that big fight because I'll I'll know I'm leaving my flank open. Yeah. But yeah, in, mm-hmm. in this fog of war scenario, I can leave a flank open because no one's mm-hmm. here keeping an eye on it at the moment. I should be able to get away with it for now. So I can, yeah, like, I mean, in, in our game... Moose took my home system this round. Yeah. First action this round, Moose is like, "I'm coming in," and it's and and I was uh, not willing to be extorted, which is all Moose was actually after. And so mm-hmm. we both stuck to our guns. And I mean, Moose is basically upended my entire game, which is fine. But it's like mm-hmm. there might not be any way for anyone to punish Moose because half the players don't know where Moose's stuff is. How could yeah. they possibly yeah. punish Moose for overextending into my stuff when? There, I don't even know where the other stuff is. It's it just you know that that's aggression is rewarded into a significantly yeah. higher degree. And, and like you know, kind of like you're hinting at early aggression. Yeah, you know, yeah, like bit like big time. You know, so that's like a player like I don't know Susan like <laughs> is like a really cutthroat like yeah. good person in this like you know this is like kind of his right is uh you know his vibe right and everything so forte you know? is, is this kind of early yeah. aggression not not paying off in a bad way yeah i mean the 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 euro morning gang that's known for early home system sake are gonna do mm-hmm. even better in this kind of environment well sure. let's speak a bit more to the somewhat lack of social aspect by talking about the other way to play this that might bring totally. that social aspect back in. So, Brassbird, you're from Community Formation. You've had your eyes on the prize of community games for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Just to refresh everyone's memory, the community game is where you and a, a predetermined bundle of people, and sometimes mm-hmm. many, many people, I don't know. I mean, ga- the, the early games were probably the biggest spike of new players. For, I don't know how yeah. many people are on an average team, but, you know, you're talking generally upwards of like 10 people per team, maybe, or like or like six people per team or whatever. I don't know where it's at these days. But. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you get uh, total numbers that are yeah. on, like, of the team, and then you have, like, actual active yes. members, which is like a smaller right. number, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, four know, people right? hang out all day, yeah. and then there's me and Hunter, where it's like, oh, we're on a team but i haven't looked at it in a week and a half i don't know man (laughs) probably probably. but um i'd like to say that this last game that just happened like it um there was a really good uh recruiting blitz at Mm. the beginning by fingelfin in particular and he was like dedicated like i'm getting i think it was just like five active people per team like and he's like specifically pinging people and pressuring people and he's like 
you're going to be an active member, right? You're going to be an active yeah, yeah. member, right? And with me, it's like he's twisting my arm and I'm like, oh, okay, 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 all right, fine. All right. So, I, so I'm like it's supposed to be this active member of the team, but really it's just Cody TCT pulling the whole weight the whole time. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. But uh, there, but there was like some there were some new faces in the game this time, and um, really lovely to see that people uh, showing up hungry, ready yeah. to rock, and it was just like really good activity yeah. this uh, this last time around. Yeah, and it's fun because you know, like we said what would normally be a sort of solitary experience is now something you're sharing with, you know, four active members, maybe a bundle of other people where it's like, I'm not alone in this. We are as a group navigating this crazy space and deciding how to deal with it. And we, and I mean, community games are already also a bit more thirsty for blood because it's mm. chaotic, right? It's just a chaotic yeah. mess of things. But in a fog of war context where it's like, Hey, we can get away with it. I can yeah. only imagine that adds a lot to the adventure of like we're pining for crazy things to happen and we're in an environment, we're in a format that allows for the absolute top tier crazy stuff to go on. Yeah, uh, I got to say the uh, Fog of War experience, it was quick. It was the fastest community wow. game that has ever happened. It was like two weeks, oh like or two weeks in a day, maybe. That's insane. You know? That's it's too like, fast, basically. It was, I mean, that's, no, that's <laughs> and that's how I feel, you know what I mean? Because you know me, it's like I need time to just like hang out with yeah. my buds and you know talk about stuff that's not TI also, and also you need enough time to make the memes and everything yeah. and and make and make the jokes. Right. You know, it's like you need to like sit with the yeah. events of the game and do a lot of narrative building. You need time too, to argue like, about maneuvers with your team and all of yeah. that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's, it's fun that it's a thing that is in lockstep with the tool, like constantly developing though, too, as well. Like I, I'm, I'm sure this is far from the, the last community fog of war game, which is nice to, oh, to no. think about. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, tell me a little bit about socially. I mean, how did a community fog of war game feel differently than a normal community game once you you know once your team started finding the other teams on the map i mean was was there like a different vibe to the relationships compared to a normal community game uh big time because you know like regular in a regular game it's like all the channels are open yeah automatically right you know so it's like i can do this thing in a regular game where it's like i go and i just want to be like one of the first people in the channel and i just say what's up yeah blah 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 let's party blah 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 you know and just start goofing around and i can do that with every single other team yeah I can see who's on the other teams. I can like start to get a feel and a rapport for yeah. like, what is it going to be like interacting with them? It was just so crazy different because there were teams in this game where it's like, we didn't really get to know them yeah. until much later. And it was like way intimidating when we actually met them. Yeah. Like, uh, like Necro, for instance, like we just like, didn't, they're all the way on the other side of the table yeah. and they were just like kind of steamrolling and doing their thing and being all mysterious. By the time we met them, they were a monster. Oh yeah. Like they were an absolute like towering monster. There's no room like, for relationship building when it's like, no, you're no. already the big threat that we have to do something about. And we've just figured out that you have this toolkit altogether. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was like very shocking, uh, in that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was interesting. If I can get into just some of the broad strokes yeah, of please. the story, and I think this is like, and in a way, it really just felt like kind of a classic fog game. The yeah. way the way it all went out because we're starting off alone. 
We got our team. Well, we're playing ghosts, by the way. Oh, very, very cool. Very cool to be <laughs> ghosts in, in Fog. Um, but we're just like doing our own thing in our own expansion and we're just getting our feet wet with like our early game and then out of nowhere on our right side a purple carrier with one infantry just appears like on the edge of the map and we're like what is going on like there's just a random carrier turns out it's a refugee ship from what? the joel nar that and jadeem jedis in my dms saying like we are about to be eliminated and <laughs> we, we are running away we will give you like seven trade goods we'll give you research agreement uh you know we'll give you this we'll give you that oh yeah we'll give you three cultural relic fragments and wow. i was like oh, oh baby I, my brain had to reckon with you saying a refugee ship but it's literally it's a ship on the run trying to find contact with anybody yeah. else out there exactly that can maybe and, that's hilarious and take, and take the infantry to avoid elimination yeah yeah wow. totally totally so what ended up happening because since we're ghosts we got real lucky went to malice you know like first action or whatever like you do yeah found found the dmz <laughs> so now we've got this deal where we give the dmz to jolnar uh -huh. op open a nature preserve for all the little fishies <laughs> they are not able to be eliminated and now they're just this weird like hanging on team that's still in the game and they're just like feeding us yeah. they're feeding us trade goods they're wow. feeding us research agreement we're becoming juiced up with tech and then eventually we meet a green team which was soul who was the ones like stomping and eliminating joel nar and it was just like it was just the fascinating part about it is that there was like there's just like this whole other story that yeah. was going on on the other side of the galaxy and it's like we came into the story at this like very critical wow. point and then we became like their saviors which by the way i thought would mean that they surely would give us their support right <laughs> right? right surely there's a way uh -oh. to give my team the support for the throne right didn't happen oh didn't no happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll i do think that's that beautiful sometime. though i mean it's it's such an interesting dynamic that you can never i mean it's it it maybe leans more into the thematically minded players uh than than we're perhaps used to uh with twilight imperium which is just to say like you know you you especially in community games like that you have to already adjust your mindset to like Listen, things might go so crazy we won't ever ha even have a chance to win, but it's about the storyline we've sort of come up exactly. along. We, that's when you lean into the memes, right? You just go, yes. you know, now it's all about posting in the meme channels about your, the me. plight of the Jolnar. Uh, but, like, exactly. that's so much more enhanced than this, right? Now now there's, like, a whole situation going on where you get to, like, have the surprise of that mm -hmm. story. I mean, surprises in twilight imperium are kind of few and far between at especially at this point like with experienced players it's like we know oh, what sure, everyone's yeah. capable of but mm. you don't get to see genuine surprises that often um yeah. i mean i think of the surprise you and i had which is not nearly to the degree of what you just described way way funnier that there's just a refugee ship but i what i kept bumping into is players not being happy to find out i have eight commodities that's a thing. <laughs> that was a thing that happened to me really, really early yeah. on in our. I just, I just learned, <laughs> learned that, bro. Yeah. I just, 
So I, 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 mean, I I'm, I'm happy for you, man. Yeah, it's great. It's great. But everyone else is like, I want to do a deal with you. Let's do an X minus one. And I'm like, okay, X minus one. And then when we're ready to the deal, it's like, okay, seven for eight. And they're like, wait, that's not how that's supposed to go. And then they're very annoyed with me to have suddenly revealed my X minus one. It's, it is a, it, it's fun that you get those kind of things. And if anything, so I, I won't get into too much detail, but part of the reason mm-hmm. I have eight commodities as soul is yeah. uh, there. There's a there's some homebrew stuff in this mm-hmm. fog of war as well. And honestly, oh, it's a massive map. It means the you know, those yeah, extra you need extra planets. Yeah. I think that's a brilliant idea. I think that's the mm-hmm. best part of this fog of war thing is every game throw in have the game master make up new planets, new legendaries mm-hmm. and stuff that nobody has any idea what they are. So that mm-hmm. when you discover discover them, it feels like genuine exploration. I do yes. think that kind of like raw, real discovery, real surprises, that's the element. If if people are looking for some really goofy way to shake up their TI, no, this isn't tournament play. Of course it's not. That's insane. But this mm-hmm. is like such a dynamic shift in the way you have to think about the game that I think for a lot of people, they're they're going to like really, really... Uh, wrap themselves around it maybe in a way that yeah you know hunter's too hunter's too wrapped up in his tournament prep he's got the prelims uh, in front of him he can't spend too much time thinking about homebrew he's a tryhard these days and it's just it's too much and and maybe we need to i need to lean more into this goofy stuff and and open my heart up to the mysteries of fog war i was ready to just tell everyone to eliminate me but i if anything hearing these stories from you has given me some hope brass bird and and i I, I think yeah exactly i'm gonna Gonna fight. I'm gonna fight. Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm still so happy to hear this. Overrash. But no, seriously, I'm so glad that you brought up the the map situation too. Yeah. You know, like mentioned before, just like the role of the game master is not only necessary, but it is. I don't know the best seat. You yeah, know, because right. you, you're you're seeing the most intriguing yeah. possible uh, top down view of like everyone just in their own corners just like blind rats just like running around in the room (laughs) and you're just like eating popcorn and you're like oh they have no idea what is going on you know yeah big big uh, shout outs to our current game master expendable who is uh who's doing a heck of a job is making it really fun too my favorite thing about it honestly and this this feeds into the community being probably a fun way to play but i love that especially in round one when you're really really alone you're not alone you got your game mm. master and you get to yeah. talk to your game master about everything going on. Oh, your yeah. game master is just like, oh, yeah, that seems really fun for you. Yeah. Seems really cute. <laughs> it's like a little it's like your your grandpa taking care of you when you're eight or something. It's just like, oh, yeah, yeah the world's pretty big, isn't it? Yeah, you're doing oh, totally. really good out there, Tyke. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that leads into what I was saying just about like it's easier to focus in on these one and one one on one relationships. Like you're just like you're just alone in a room with your your buddy, the game master. And then when you meet someone out on the map, it's like, okay, now we have our personal yeah. relationship that we're also developing. Absolutely. Um, uh, really, on, on the map aspect, though, Matt, I really think you should try your hand at designing a map specifically for Fog of War, because yeah, yeah, I yeah. know that you love map making, and yeah. it's like, uh, shout out to Saren, who is in a handful of my games. They make incredible maps. That's awesome absolutely incredible we're yeah. playing on one right now where i'm the game master and it's just got tons of these like swoopy hyperlanes yeah. everywhere like uh it's just That's very awesome. cool yeah the the hyperlanes opened up a whole new dynamic but it's in a way where it felt like for normal games of ti there were 
people still found limits of what they could really pull off with it. Mm-hmm. But I definitely already, yeah, you definitely feel it in the fog of war stuff where it's like you literally anything could be anywhere. There's just no telling where stuff is because the hyper lanes can completely change. That's, that's a good idea. I will, I'm going to sit down with that and try to think of, think of some goofy uh, map stuff, but I also want to throw in, I'm going to make up some homebrew planets as well to, to, yeah. to really throw people off. Oh yeah. Uh, no, get Absol on it. No, <laughs> yes. Absol is just on a tear, yo. Like Absol, we need more. We, there's a more demand lore. Give now. us Give us new planets to think yeah. about and what, what the context could be. Well, Brasper, thank you so much for, for hanging out yeah. and, and kind of oh. walking us through all this and, and being a part of, uh, you know, all the community stuff, all the fog of war stuff, all the async stuff, everything you do. You're, Hey, you're a big well, name, all right, and I'm oh I'm I'm just I'm proud as as I can be for for you and Frox and everything y'all have put together. Thank it's really you, amazing. I'm just a meme historian, man. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. But hey, before I go, I wanted to tell one very sweet, Please. very nostalgic story. Yes. So uh, this was wind the clock back all the way to the first experimental Fog of War game. Yeah. Uh, uh, Spoon Teaspoon is my game master. My my dad, pretty much. Let's be honest here. <laughs> Uh, and he's just witness to this whole thing. Um, I'm playing extra and I have no idea what I'm doing and I'm just exploring my slice. I get this message that trade got played and I'm like, okay, well, I'm the full commodity faction and I don't know. Uh, I'll spend a token, you know, whenever I'll only get I've got the commodities. And then immediately I'm like, I've made a huge mistake. Like, <laughs> what am I doing? I've got this money. I don't have anyone to trade with. Like, what am I going to do? And then, uh, lo and behold, just by happenstance, I run into this lonely Stroder out there, uh-huh. uh, or you know, whatever, whatever ship it was, the cru- cruiser, I guess, because uh-huh. it's uh, my homie Manatee playing Sardak. They start, they start with the cruiser, right? Right? Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So Manatee comes in, and uh, this is the first time I met him, and he's just such a lovely human being. And then I learned that he's playing Sardak, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I will buy Teklar. Yeah. I will buy your alliance. We are best friends forever. <laughs> and then we proceeded, like our little secret chat just proceeded to be like 90% having like absolutely nothing to do with the game. And... <laughs> Spoon just kept coming in and being like, oh, you guys are having a good time, huh? Like, yeah, wow. Sitting in the corner. Right, like, yeah, yeah, you no, you two are real. the kids in the on the soccer field picking flowers on the yeah. on the corner, not paying <laughs> attention to, to the amoeba. Yeah. yeah, it's like there's hey, you're the defensive player. Can you please get in? It's like, no, nah, we're doing this, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> we're playing with our action figures, man. You know, like just having I a good old it. time. So yeah. I have really fond memories of just fog in general yeah. as a play style. And yeah, I mean, it's different, but I highly recommend anyone to check it out. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. And that's fine. That's you know, great. there's like so many different ways to play this, you know? Well, we, we have a perfect little uh, segment to go uh, out on and it is uh, from the mailbag. It's the agenda phase. Everyone we're here. We're going to ask our friend Brasper wow. a question because Cody TCT asked, and now, Cody, yeah. I have to apologize to you. You asked this a long time ago. Your intent was to do some wonderful promotion for Community Plays TI's first Frog of War game. And we missed the boat on that, but hopefully this episode is more now about the memories of wonderful Frog of War games so that mm. next time, the next one happens, we can get even more uh, notice ahead of it for people to sign up. But Cody asks, what factions would be the most fun to play in community plays ti's frog of war game what is the best faction for frog of war incredible 
Um, I mean, I gotta say, and it's funny how it all lined up because Cody was on my team and yeah. we were the ghosts and ghosts was the best. Yeah. And Spoon was the one who came in, like he didn't stay for the whole game or anything, but he was there at the very beginning when we're talking about factions, he's already like experienced so much fog mm -hmm. and he's like, you guys are going to love ghosts. Like just, <laughs> just do it. Don't even think twice about it. It's incredible because it's all about this extra like visibility and i don't know by extent like control yeah. that you get from being adjacent to all these wormholes right you just like, start you, you get wormhole generator online asap and just start dropping oh, wormholes I mean, wherever you, you don't even need that yeah. it's like you're in an alpha yeah. you can talk to someone who's in a beta and they like can't see you right or necessarily but they just get this message that's it's like, one way oh i didn't even think God. of that that it's like a weird kind of one-way vision thing yeah the quantum the quantum entanglement thing like extends to the communication wow. as well like it's and then and then the more like devious if we're talking about devious stuff then you get into iff yeah. and icarus drive oh shenanigans and then it's like iff you're putting people next to each other that maybe don't want to be next yeah, to each yeah. other forcing you know? new neighbors well we were we were thinking about it in our ttpg game and i was just also thinking about like you know there's there's some sort of innate power to pds now because people might sort of blind send stuff into areas they weren't prepared for and you can suddenly fire or whatever and that oh, seems yeah. most true with ghosts where it's like literally if if you set up the the pds ghosts which i think we've eventually gotten to the point of saying isn't that great i feel like in fog of mm -hmm. war though pds ghosts it's like every wormhole i got i got six shots mm -hmm. like everybody yeah. else just spends their whole game like i don't know man they're everywhere the the Kreis yeah. iff might come from over there and it's like it's just suddenly yeah. you can blast them or whatever and i'll say this too graviton op oh <laughs> yeah, dude absolutely because graviton, graviton you can plan against but not when you don't know what's out there yeah, so yeah exactly. a, a single carrier loaded up with infantry and fighters goes down quick when I, I remember that's that was like the first thing we ever thought about x shot in twilight imperium fourth edition is mm -hmm. we weren't thinking about pds very much and i was playing x shot and hunter was playing soul and he came into me with not enough stuff being just a, mm. a new kind of foolish player and we were like oh dear graviton is ridiculous because it just it completely mm. wiped the floor with him but then you oh. figure out how to play against it but we're talking about a scenario exactly. where that's not what you get to do you don't have that option yeah and that's and that it all comes down to just like saying that fog is different and yeah. the bit and the big thing about fog is the uncertainty and i'm really excited to see how it develops and see how yeah. i'm very curious to see if yeah if a standard meta way develops. to play fog develops yeah. you know there's going to be these like things about it you know yeah. but Beautiful. the the other the other faction i want to shout out is um and i haven't tried this myself i'd really be fascinated to is yasarl oh. because you by extension of having through uh you kind of just get to know all the factions at the table oh you just have that you, so okay that's something we were thinking a lot about there, like there's certain abilities where it's like how do you use benediction as mahawk right it's like oh, do i sure. do i have yeah. to know the things i didn't yeah. think about that was through is you do just have access to the agents even though you don't see the people that's interesting exactly you could play yeah. that a way meaner way which is that Asarl only can use the agents that Asarl can see, but oh, yeah. that no, feels be, nasty. Be whack. I mean, and it's just like not flavorful because it's yeah. guild of spies, baby. Right, they're it's supposed to know everything. Yeah, they're yeah, supposed yeah. to know for yeah, sure. That's very true. So yeah, those are the two I'd shout out. But you know, there's like, uh, I mean, if you're interested and you hop on the server, like uh, Fingelfin literally has a channel where he's gone through with just like paragraphs Every, and paragraphs of like for this faction 
if you're using Hakan Agent, here's how it goes. And then even for some of them, he's like, you know what? And if you don't like that, alternate rule. Right. How about this? Just what if the this. agent right. just did something more simple right. and then you didn't have to like worry about it very much, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, well, Brasbert, thank you again so much for, for coming on. Laying this off. I think you and I, I, I was like, this will be a, like a 20 minute thing. And we've, as in Space Cats Peaceville's fashion, we burned a good, almost full hour just easy. chatting. So I love easy it money. so much. Yeah, easy money. Yeah, money. Thank you so much for, for everything you do and, and everything, yeah. uh, everything you were able to bring, bring to us today. I just want you all to know that I love you. You know, <laughs> you, you and Hun Bun, EJ, Sun, yep. like the whole fam, uh, all the listeners out there. I just love you. Yeah. Well, we love yeah. you too, man. And and you know what? The this episode comes out when we get to see you in person. So tonight, oh, tonight, stoked. I'm giving you a bear hug. So there it is. Oh, tight, bro. <laughs> ranch me, bro, Tendo. <laughs> yeah, just ranch me. What's up, everyone? Welcome back from the break. Hi, hello. This is a fun little. What a weird episode we have for everyone this week. It's a, it's a little bit of everything all at once because guess what? As promised in our season premiere, I said I was going to read The Ding Dang Stars Beyond, uh, which is a collection of short stories published by Aconite Books. And we needed to bring Absol on a number of times so that we can address each short story in turn. So this is like a micro version of our standard full book uh overviews reactions to the stories this one is just a single a single little story uh, i for the first time finally got to check one of these out via audiobook i have to give a massive shout out to the audiobook performer who did a, a truly amazing job not not kidding at all uh, aaron deward is up there in some of like my favorite performances i've i've heard so just just to start with that like literally very very good job at reading weird awful twilight imperium names and keep like keep sticking with it so so that was great but let's talk about the first story also hi absol sorry i didn't introduce yeah. you i, I said <laughs> your name and then i never cut to you i got i found like four distractions <laughs> along the way hi how are you hi everybody i'm doing good how are you matt <laughs> i'm good i'm clearly this is hour 12 of my work day today before hunter and i head uh to portland so i'm I'm packing it all in, but let's talk about A Ghost of Chance by M. Darusha Wame. Uh, this is, well, it started off for me uh, uh, not knowing where it was going to go because I'm not familiar enough with sort of the names that get dropped kind of at the beginning. But uh, upon further reflection, you very quickly see this is the story of the discovery of the Ghost of Creus, as noted on the back of the Ghost of Creus uh, faction sheet, where it says a, a ship went out called the Entropic, and it's the one that was first contact with the Ghost of Creus. So this is our uh, maybe story of the true events of that, or maybe uh, we'll have things to say about that. <laughs> we're going to have things to say about that. Uh, but first, why don't we just go over the plot, you know, yeah. just to ground everybody in what's going on. Yeah, so uh, we we have a, a, a couple of characters. Really, there's one character that matters. Our our narr narrator character is Captain Kubin, who is a Sardak Nor captain of the Mentak Coalition, and they are out on a journey. They're doing stuff. I don't know. Honestly, the details aren't that important, and 
to hear Absol tell it. They're not maybe even what has been determined as the actual events. So maybe this is a little bit of our, our wonderful author playing with the events and sort of taking some of their own liberties. So what are they supposed to be doing and what are they doing in this short story? So in this short story, they are a pirate crew and they're men tack. So of course they're pirates. Yeah. Uh, and they have not had much luck recently. They haven't been able to raid any ships and get any booty. And then they see a ping on an asteroid. And our Captain Kubin says, hmm, I've seen this trick before. Some uh, ship has attached their cargo to this asteroid mm. and set a little tracer. But since we know what it is, we can go get that. But there's a twist, Matt. There's a <sighs> twist. That asteroid is in Shaleri space, no. which is scary. <laughs> uh, here there be dragons space that no one wants to go into. I want to know on the back of the ghosts faction sheet, there are one, two, three, four, five, six paragraphs about just how mysterious Shaleri space is before they ever describe anything about the ghosts of Creus. Basically half of the in-game description of ghosts of Creus is... Yeah, I don't know where they live as freaky as all get out. We don't like it and we don't go there or we didn't for a very long time until mm -hmm. this exact event, basically. Yep. So that's what they are doing in the story. Yeah. What they are, what is supposed to be happening is that the Entropic is a trading frigate, not mm -hmm. a pirate ship, that has made the tre uh, the trek through Shaleri space several times before because Shaleri space is right smack dab in the middle of a bunch of really big trade routes. And yeah. if you could go through it, it would be great. Everything would be faster. You, you lose less fuel. You make yep. a lot of money. But because ships keep disappearing, everybody goes around it, unless you're a brave or stupid captain, in which case you go through. Yeah. Uh, which the Entropic has, in theory, had done multiple times. But right. this seems like, in this story, it's their first time through. Yeah, our, our captain is not very experienced with this. And in fact, is what? This is like her first real proper j journey. I mean, she's newer as a captain, right? She's recently mm -hmm. upgraded to captain. So this is this is newer to her. So I don't know. I mean, there's obviously there's a certain extent of what I always wonder with this stuff is how much we're supposed to take all of the backs of faction sheets as basically just unreliable narration anyways. I know you lean more on like, we got to take that for its word. And so then when we get these sort of thrown together stories that are, you know, approved by fantasy flight but we you know it's not like there's a there's like one very collegiate story team that's like making sure every single piece of these stories is like perfectly in check with the broader narrative they're trying to tell right no it's mm -hmm. it's there's a story team that's like hey that all sounded good and that was a really fun story and i think that part does fit for the story as as a sci-fi yeah. story i think it's a good setup for what they're doing and uh, the rest of the events especially get even cooler uh, in a sci-fi story. It's just yeah, like so much at odds with a lot of the things that are sort of not only established lore, but also as we get into the other events, established capabilities of yeah, any that, that of is these the factions. Thing. This Why one we... goes wild. <laughs> Why don't you get into that? So yeah. we know we have our setup. The Entropic has found some loot attached yep. to an asteroid. It's in Shaleri space. They're going for it. They need that loot. Yes, what we're going to go next, there. Matt? We we come upon our our signal and three ships show up, which is correct. There's these three ships hanging out. And then uh, a light flashes and everybody on the ship dies instantly. Everyone's just Light flash, dead. everybody dies. And then Captain Kubin wakes up. 
and it's a sort of Groundhog Day scenario. And Captain Koopa yeah. goes, why did I just wake up? I guess that was a dream. And then events sort of start to replay themselves, but with slight variations. And then we see three ships, and then a bright light flashes, and we everybody's dead again. And then yeah. Captain Koopa wakes up. And we keep doing that, and Captain Koopa goes through a few different moments. And a few different emotions. Dealing with this time travel problem. Yeah. Uh, which, I will note, is the better part of the short story in mm-hmm. terms of... Again, sci-fi stuff. Just as, as a fun sci-fi story, yeah, that's yeah. one of the better parts. There's a beautiful part where she she like gives up. She's like, I'll 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 jettison myself from the ship and just give in to whatever this is. And she has like this moment to herself of like trying to accept whatever the light is trying to do to her or whatever. She just is floating in space, and then the bright light flashes again, and then she like cowers in fear and just gives up for a while and it's just like nobody come in my room i don't want to do anything about this like she goes through a whole arc that is used to then sort of open up her mind to i have to do something i'm just trapped so i i have to try more things to make contact with whatever this light is i have to figure this out or i'm just gonna keep dying over and over and over again so i think uh what what i like about it is in in terms of that typical sci-fi stuff right but what i what what very obviously and very quickly was apparent was like um i have no recollection of the ghosts of creus having time travel powers or the ability to make people experience groundhog day scenarios i know they're mysterious but this is like a whole nother layer of magnitude on top of our known capabilities of what is now just a member of the galactic council (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So the Krius, as far as I'm aware, do not have this sort of ability. This is much more akin to something the Nomad would do. Even when it describes the ships moving to evade weapons at one point, they describe it in the exact same way the the Memoria is described Hmm. uh, in some action card flavor text. Interesting. And that's like, no, the the Memoria does that because it has quantum time travel tech from the future. Yeah. The Krius ships are made of normal matter right because they as they explain they made those ships with matter that filtered into their reality yeah so no that's not what they do and also like i was trying to find a way to justify it yeah i was like maybe it's because you know maybe it's not the creus doing something it's the fact that they're right up next to the shalari anomaly the mm-hmm. wormhole mm-hmm. and you know it's just some the wormhole's doing something weird to the right. fabric of time sure uh, maybe that's it, but then as soon as the ship does what the Creus want it to do, yeah. it stops, which makes it seem like they're doing something. Um, yeah, so it just does not, it, it does not fit yeah. with anything that we know about right. the Creus. Yeah, what, what I think is, um, the most jarring, even to a person who's not, like, well-versed in the lore, is there's a part where the Krius are talking to to uh, the members of the ship once they've like truly made contact and they drop this uh, bomb that is like we do not experience time we do not experience matter in our world there is only energy and it is timeless and that felt a little wild to me now maybe that's not uh, specifically disproven anywhere but it just felt like this writer was Saw the coolest faction of the game, which I think many people agree is definitely the Ghost of Creus. And was needs, like, and they definitely need more. Yes, so. right. There's there's not information about them, which means you get to dig into the mystery. And 
what I think maybe could have even helped it out more is leaning more into the idea of making Captain Kubin a very unreliable narrator. And maybe she is. Maybe that's the better read on this is she went through crazy stuff and her memory isn't, <laughs> you know, it's just all kind of a, a a whole ordeal for her to have undergone and and the details could be could be kind of hazy or whatever. But I, I think maybe if I were to to lob some sort of criticism at this, that's what I would say maybe could have helped is with a known mystery like the Ghost of Creus. And when I say known mystery, I mean we know that we don't know anything about them. When you then try to attach sort of like known physics and known things to it, that's when it always just feels like, I don't know, maybe it's okay that they're just like a big mystery and maybe we should lean more into how mysterious everything is. We, we could have had like less direct communication with these ghosts telling us kind of exactly how their world works and instead have all the freaky stuff happen and I would have bought into it as just like I don't know who knows like you were saying who knows what's going on in Kubin's head there's freaky anomalies all around them we can just let this be anything but like you say the ghosts sort of throw that away by being like yes we were doing this and we were trying to make contact and we we're doing this and this and that and and it, it, it mm -hmm. makes it trickier to sort of grapple with as a reader I will say uh, if we compare uh, our Creus character, Sai Hayamele, mm -hmm. uh, with the uh, Creus that we see in the uh, the, the first novels. book, yeah, I was going to ask you because in, yeah. in we we have much a similar better, instance. Yeah, <laughs> this was a much better uh, depiction of an actual Creus character, right? Where they're definitely weird. They definitely don't understand our reality very well. But they're not like cold yeah. and distant. They're actually like a person who's trying to. F they're an explorer. They're children. I mean, is how it comes but off yeah, a little yeah. bit. I mean, they're they're new to our world, our universe, mm -hmm. our reality, and how it works. And I liked that interpretation of they're just the so ghosts are trying to understand us just as much as we're trying to understand them. They are mysterious, mm -hmm. but it's not through sort of, I don't know, cabal-style things of, like, ominous thing. It's like, no, they're, like, from a different plane of existence that we have to... They're trying to be peaceful, but we have to grapple with our, our drastic differences. I mean, it, honestly, there were big chunks of this short story that I compared in my head to uh, the movie Arrival, which is based on its own short story, but mm -hmm. I've only seen the movie. I, I can see this comparison. But the comparison is, you know, this that the the alien species in that movie is also a thing that experiences time differently. Is has very few touchstones of how life works to humanity, and the two have to still find some sort of common ground. And the whole movie is is a journey of that. And honestly, this book, to a certain extent, felt like that. It felt like a personal journey of one captain who is but become tasked with the first person to make contact. And that arc, I think, played out well, even if it sort of went against our understandings. It's always hard to grapple with ghost stuff because ghosts are supposed to be so mysterious, but even in the playing of the game, so what am I supposed to do as the person yeah, yeah. highlighting the ghost? Like, it feels like the Ghost of Creus shouldn't be a playable faction if they're going to lean so hard into how mysterious they are. So I don't know. I always go back and forth on maybe it's okay that we're going to start locking in details about the Ghost of Creus actually, even if they sort of go against our preconceived notions. Because it's like, I don't know, our preconceived notions were like all over the map on what they could mean or what they could be because of how vague this faction always is. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a good point. This is just going to sound so mean, but it's like, I agree that yeah, maybe we should try and answer some of those questions. 
I just feel like this story an- gave the wrong answers. Yeah. Like yeah. if it if it was a test that the teacher would mark, you know, like half credit is like you you, you tried. <laughs> You got the wrong answer, but you tried. Well, and I, I want to put it in, in good light still, though, because it's like, it's A, marks, like, it's it's wonderful marks for style. I think the story is told well, honestly. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the narrative experience of this one uh, m- more than the Tim Pratt books, even. I mean, I, I think our, our sort of thing we always came back with Tim Pratt was there's a couple things wrong here and there, and the stories can be good, but there's moments where it feels a little kitschy or a little getting to the point too quickly whereas this one like i liked the arc of the story right i liked yeah. i like the actual narrative experience of it um if I this think had been a star more. trek story i would have loved it yes uh, right but as a right. ti story um just because of who i am i can't <laughs> quite i can't quite bring myself to that yeah but like as a story it was good as a ti story not so much a little rough the, the last thing i want to get into is the names really annoyed me. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> they are not Twilight Imperium names. Like, yeah. even if you're making up names, there are there are certain, like, things mm-hmm. that, uh, there, there are certain phonemes yes. that get used for certain species. Right. And you can usually tell by, like, the arrangement of, you know, what the name sounds like, yeah. what species that person is. Right. Uh, in this, none of the names do that none yeah. of them are right and, i'll give well, i'll give kubin for at least including uh an apostrophe, an apostrophe inside of it but that's maybe about it the wildest one is petty officer Office. zort zybar and we don't actually ever get told what zort zybar is in any respect but it's not a name i've ever <laughs> heard no. although i do think it's my current favorite name in the universe uh... <laughs> And the other thing is, I don't think this author really understood the Mentac Coalition all that much. Like, mm. oh, they're pirates and they're from every species. I do like that they had a Nor as mm-hmm. in in there because Tim Pratt had no Nor in the Mentac yeah. Coalition, and they absolutely would be. Yeah. But apparently, Kubin is originally from Quinara, and the first mate, who's a human, is from Yord. And so, like, no, the Mentac people don't just like go to the Mentac. I mean, they could. But most likely they were born in the coalition, sure. right? Because yeah, they're yeah, yeah. These ancestors. people aren't from Yord. They're from Mole Primus. They're from yeah. They've they've the, the Mentac has been around for, for thousands eons. of years. I mean, yeah, it's 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 sort of like the argument of America, right? Where it's like I don't know. We were all born in America. Let's let's just we could just be American sometimes. Like what when 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 we're talking about the society that we are operating under. Yeah, like. My fam- my family history is German, but I don't mm-hmm. like say, oh, I remember this time when I was born in Germany. No, I yeah. was born in America. Having one character do that is fine, but we're literally talking about a situation where it's like every single one of these characters was referring to their past in their former colony <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, in their former yeah. faction, which is yeah. not how the Mentac work. Yeah. Yeah, they're not just taking all the objectors. Well, I mean, they, I mean, they certain, they certainly would accept a lot of the objectors, but they're not. Oh yeah, they not would. Really, how but... their thing is uh, formatted. Well, okay, Absol, thank you very much for uh, kind of a quick, a quick segment this time around. But again, we've got a bunch of short stories to to go through this book, so we're gonna have mm-hmm. you back on uh, going forward for for plenty more. Some of these are very long too. Some of these yeah. uh, fail to even maybe even qualify as short stories. They are proper novellas. I was looking mm-hmm. at my audio book and like a couple of them are like three hours long which the i read books that are five long. hours long <laughs> so um i will say i've only read the first three of these stories this yeah. one was my least favorite so we've only we've only we can only go up from here 
That's amazing, because I liked this one. I mean, this is, technically speaking, my favorite non-in-the-game-box or non, you know, this is my favorite story I've read so far. I liked this more than the Tim Pratt novels, and that's not to dunk on the Tim Pratt novels, but I like to hear you say they continue to get even better and even better and even better. So, yeah, I super look forward to doing more. Both in TI lore adherence and in being better stories, at least in my opinion. Very cool. Well, before you go, Absol, I wanted to include you and Brassbird this week on some of the other fun we've been doing recently, and we have the agenda phase. Uh, I gave Brassbird a different. I'm 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 going on topic with the agenda phase this week. All but right. I I have a, a, a quick and easy agenda phase one for you because uh, what we did very recently was our first uh, guide or our first introduction to some Spirit Island. Uh, spirits and you are notably one of the, the one of the most into spirit island of our community or at the very least of the weird bears that we we talk to often so i wanted to get your take on a question we've actually answered on the show before but not with you so mm-hmm. uh william asks what are your favorite spirit island spirits we got to hear from somebody who's played a lot more than us what what are, what are the ones you like okay so i tend to like the spirits that are very mobile mm um, so my current favorite is Shroud of Silent Mist. Yes, you played uh, just, that in one of our games together. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just love how it flows around the board and the whole thing of just draining the life from the uh, from the invaders yeah. to just suck the fear out of them uh, <laughs> is so much fun. It's got a great theme. It's spooky. Yeah. Um, but I also, so I'm very bad at picking favorite things. So there's also a couple others I really like. I really like Thunder, which yeah. you seem to gravitate towards. I did. I liked I liked the mobility as well, too. So you make me want to check out Mist because I, I the mobility is something I get really into. Uh, Sharp Fangs Behind the Leaves is another one of my favorites. Hmm. I don't um, know if I played with that one yet. That, is that from the Beast? Yeah, expansion? it's from Branching okay. Claw. It's basically, it's basically Thunder Speaker, but with beasts. Oh, cute. Okay, great. Um, I also, for some, well, I, I like serpent, serpent slumbering beneath the island. Yes. Uh, just, just a great spirit all around. One that really surprised me that I like is vengeance as a burning plague. Hmm. I haven't played with it. Is that the one with like a lizard on the front? Yeah. Okay. It's a lizard. It deals with disease. The first like four times I played them, I was like, this, this spirit is really bad. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> like it's, it's just seems like it's a bad design. And then. In one game, I have no idea what it was, but it just clicked with me. It's like, mm. oh, this is what you want to do. That's really fun. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I love when you get a turning moment. I need, I need that with, uh, with one of these spirits. The the base, like the the basic, also easy or or whatever to learn uh, mm-hmm. spirits as they're labeled. The the low complexity spirits don't have not clicked with me so far, and I'm waiting for one of them to like really grab me by the ghoulies, basically. The only ones that of those guys that I think are actually good, easy to click with yeah. are River and Lightning. Yeah, okay. I think River is one I'm going to lean towards. I haven't played with it yet, but that's that's kind of next on my on my list of stuff to check out. So, I'm definitely I've played games with Lightning and I like having Lightning in the game, but I can't say I would love playing Lightning myself. And then one final spirit I'm going to mention. Nature Incarnate isn't out yet. But Ooh. there's one spirit in Nature Incarnate that I cannot wait wow. to play. Do we know is, release date for Nature Incarnate yet? Is that uh, October-ish is okay. the theoretical release date. Amazing. 
That's very cool. What can you tease at all? What what's the new thing with this Nature Incarnate one? Uh, well, it's, I'm not a playtester on Nature Incarnate, so all I know is just the stuff that's been in the Kickstarter yeah. and out, is out publicly. It's Wandering Voice Keen's Delirium. Whoa! And it's a spirit of madness <laughs> that just it has an incarnate and it wanders randomly around the board, spreading strife everywhere, and then uh, pushing invaders around when it strifes them. Wow. And then eventually just driving them mad with its song until they kill themselves. <laughs> so maybe not even necessarily fear. They just literally, they kick the bucket and then you get your fear. That's amazing. Wow. I yeah. need to check it out because I, I mean, I haven't played enough of the second expansion uh, spirits yet. So I'm not even ready to like wrap my head around incarnate stuff. But uh, I hope that by the time it comes out, I am more well versed in the game and ready, ready to jump into that stuff i would like to get that expansion when it is available for people who didn't kickstart and pre-order it basically i i mean it should just be available the same time that's great i think that was their intention yeah. that's wonderful okay well absol thank you so much for uh talking some lore with us talking shop and talking some spirit island with us it's it's all the things we love having you on for best so so thank you for joining us yep i'm sure i'll be back for the next uh short story absolutely have a good one Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode I got out the door just before we headed to Portland. I want to thank Absol. I want to thank Brassbird. And I want to thank our weird bears, Big Al Cappuccino, Squeamishimu, Pope Billy II, Brassbird again, Cabal of Soul, Kaluan, Daryl, Jadeen Jedi, Carnal, Necrodice Twice, Kindred Spirit, Alice, Lord Raddington, Emilshevsky, Sunfax, Absol again, Ricky M44, Rwise, Ryan, and Spirit Thing. And I want to thank our Teensy Sprouts, Baldrick, Tautology is what it is, Kraken, Frank G, General Pith, Uncle Batty, Savant, and Vince. I don't have any announcements for uh, Galactic Council stuff. We just did our Fog of War stream last week. We will have a vote for next month's Galactic Council episode in the coming weeks. But I got to be honest, we are just all focused on Portland. If you are in the area, come see us tonight. Otherwise, you're listening to this, it's probably already too late, but I'm just so excited about this show. So next week's episode, you can look forward to the taping of that live show. It'll be in the feed next Wednesday. You can rate this podcast on your app of choice. You can go to our website, spacecatspeaceturtles.com for information about our Patreon to become a part of this project. You can find our Discord to come hang out and chat with all of the lovely community. You can get our merch for really crazy shirt designs by Sun Sanders. We're going to have some merch at Portland as well, and, and in Gen Con in the future. We got pins now. We have stuff in the pipeline that is finally coming to fruition, so I'm very excited for everyone to see all of the cool new designs from Sun Sanders. You can also send us This Imperium Life or Play of the Week stories to spacecatspeaceturtles at gmail.com. I love you all. I'm gonna jet. Hunter is literally on a jet as I'm recording this, and my jet is tomorrow. I say jet. It's it's a plane. It's a normal plane. We don't have a private jet to Portland. We we fly. We fly uh, in Group Nine, if you know what I'm saying. Okay, bye everybody. I love your hair. Hope you win. Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>